This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Let's just uh, move along then to this. Uh, and that is the subject matter that we've been discussing this morning of uh, the report that was released by the South African Human Rights Commission, which has found that there is no discernible connection between uh, the incarceration of former President Jacob Zuma and the violent unrest that occurred in July 2021. Uh, yesterday, the SAHRC released a report on the investigative hearings into the rampant looting and violent unrest that erupted in KwaZulu Natal before spreading to other parts of uh, uh, the other parts of the country, President uh, Cyril Ramaphosa and the Police Minister Bigdele were some of the witnesses who gave their oral testimony before the Human Rights Commission in 2022. The violent unrest resulted in more than 350 people losing their lives and cost an estimated 50 billion rand in damages. Um, let's us speak to Dr. Johan Berger. He's a senior researcher and policing expert at the Institute for Security Studies. Good to have you with us again, Dr. Berger. Good morning. Yes, good morning. And just one correction, I'm no longer with the Institute for Security Studies. I'm in an independent ah, policing. All right, we will stop crediting this institute then. <laughs> Thank you for the correction, Dr. Berger. Dr. Berger, let me just get your your just a, 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 a you know a, a high level thought on on what has come out of this. First of all, it's the issue of I think uh, what uh, caught most people's attention was the fact that uh, the Human Rights Commission says that there was no discernible connection between the incarceration of President Jacob Zuma and the the violence that broke out. I'm not entirely sure what they mean by that. What is your understanding of what they're saying? Is that uh, the one didn't lead to the other? When they say there's no discernible connection, it's almost suggested the violence that we saw would have broken out anyway. Yeah, I, I, I think this is basically what they, what they found. But it's important to note that they say they could not find evidence mm. to link the two events. It doesn't mean there wasn't mm. uh, a connection. Mm. It was just a question that they couldn't find the necessary evidence mm. uh, to make such a finding in, in this report. So so that's the important thing. You know, you often find uh, cases where everybody thinks, you know, someone is guilty of an offense, but the court cannot find someone guilty unless there is the necessary evidence. And, and, and I think this is what uh, this report mm. now also states. So, mm. Um, and, and, and it's interesting also that, you know, in, in that line, they refer to what they uh, uh, see as primary and secondary uh, uh, causes of, of, of the violence. The primary one is, of course, the fact that they did find mm. that it was orchestrated, it was properly yes. funded, mm. and there was all the communication, especially on social media and so on. And then the primary uh, reasons for this or causes of this, where you have high levels of poverty and unemployment and and that once this situation developed and, and to some extent perhaps those who organized or orchestrated this, uh, um, you know, instigated this, mm-hmm. um, people in, in the vicinity were, um, uh, you know, part of what uh, it's, it's called the secondary uh, causes, but the, the unemployed, yeah. the poor, they then ascended on, on these shops and, and the word spread. Uh, 
And so they make that distinction between the primary and, and yeah. the secondary uh, causes. You know, if I... Okay, one of the things they also say is that uh, in their conclusion is that they could not, uh, 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 you know, pinpoint uh, any or party uh, to which, you, you know, that um, must be, uh, you know, culpable or seen as culpable or maybe responsible for damages. You know, I, I wonder about that because if I am... A member of uh, a family member of somebody who was killed, or if I'm a business owner who lost my business uh, and property through this violence, and I am told that there was a failure on the part of the intelligence, South Africa's in of the country's intelligence networks and the police, I'm looking to them because those are the people who are supposed to protect them. When the if they didn't detect it, then they should have at least been able to protect me and my business or me and my family. Uh, once the violence broke out, and this did not happen, so how can it be that we say that uh, fault cannot be lay, laid at any door here? No, I, I tend to agree with you. You know, there, there's there's two um, basic issues here. The first is uh, is is the those who were found to have orchestrated mm. um, this 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 violence, and and I haven't uh, seen any real evidence of the necessary criminal cases being uh, concluded against uh, any one of those who were arrested and implicated I know of in, one. in this violence. Mm. And then, of course, the, the failures of the state. I mean, both reports, this the, the Human Rights re- uh, uh, Report, as well as the report by Professor Andy, uh, Sandy Africa and her team in 2021, uh, in, in November or December, uh, concluded you know, that a large part of the uh, um, blame for what happened should be laid before the doors of the police and 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 intelligence agencies. Um, and, and, and so on. So if you cannot find those individuals who orchestrated this and, and lay your claims against them, then certainly one should be able to uh, approach the courts in terms of uh, the failures of the state that was pointed out in both these reports and mm. and they should be responsible for reparations. And what do you make of, uh, you know, how long it's taken to release this report? And also as the Human Rights uh, Commission, yes, it does fall, does fall within their mandate, but in a, this type of case, are they the best, uh, best placed body to investigate and, you know, um, get trying to get some kind of consequence management. Yeah, remember there are these two reports, mm. and and the first report, the one by Professor uh, Sandy Africa and and uh, 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 experts panel, mm. um, was was um, you know of course there was a lot of pressure on on that uh, uh, investigation by Professor Africa and and her team. Um, they and their report was. Uh, much shorter than this report. Uh, so clearly the human rights report, um, the investigators had, had much more time. They were able to more extensively investigate, interview uh, individuals and, 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 and groups. And, and I think whatever happens, uh, just last part of your question, sure. remember there, was, there were these uh, killings of, of people, especially in the Phoenix yes, uh, area. Yes, yeah. uh, there were court cases. People were charged for murder and, and later 
uh, found not guilty by the court. So all of that happened as well. And in that sense, I think the Human Rights Commission certainly okay. had a clear yeah. responsibility to look into mm. uh, the rights of, of people and, and to what extent okay. uh, there were breaches of, 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 of rights all across the board. Dr. Johan Berger, as always, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. He's an independent researcher and expert on security and policing matters. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.